episode is sponsored by Nestia, which is an affordable interior design service to make any space feel like home. Hey, Britt. Hey, Jess. What's, What's going, going on? on? <laughs> What's going on with you? How has your week been uh, since I last saw you? It's been fine. I'd say like my anxiety is at an all new high. Um, I know. So thank gosh I have a business coach who's basically like my therapist. But you know, like it's like we're in this weird point where we see the light at the end of the tunnel of like real life. And like in some capacities, our life is getting back to normal. But yeah. other times, like other places, it's at on pause and like for me i'm like oh like for last year i've been like oh i'm gonna launch this beauty line like oh that's a year away now it's like literally two months away Mm -hmm. and then like beautini's coming back to normal with like weddings and whatnot the podcast i have relationship now like there's just like everything going back to normal but then you also have all these like added components that we developed during the pandemic so i've been like very just stressed out on like how do i like live my life in this like almost normal new life um and like how do i like allocate time like how do i just like focus because do you ever get into those places where you have so much to do and you're like okay i have to do so much but then you just stare at your screen for like an hour because you're like almost paralyzing yourself do you ever ha- um, does that ever happen to you? I usually, I don't feel like, I feel like I'm a person who puts stress on other people. Like, if I have stress, I'll, like, I won't so much internalize it. I'll, like, put it on my boyfriend. I, like, like, your he's boyfriend? Like, I was say. Oh, I'm like, oh, my God, Valentine's. I'm like, aren't you so excited? I love Valentine's. Like, I just, like, live for holidays. <laughs> and he's like, I don't enjoy holidays. Like, you make them so stressful. Like, your expectations are so high. And I always let you no down. No way, really? I'm like, oh, my God, don't be like that. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I better have a good gift there, buddy, coming in. That's so <laughs> funny. Okay, I could see why you'd be stressed i'd probably be stressed if i was your boyfriend too but that is interesting can we talk for a second about business coach because you always mention this business coach so is that like a person who's like a therapist or what is it so basically how she explains it the difference between a therapist and a coach is that a therapist helps you like mend wounds from your past yeah whereas a therapist helps you like move like if you're like i want to be this kind of leader and like this kind of executive in this business at this company she helps you move forward does she like guide you through like your work stuff like is she like sort of like help is she almost like like an employee kind of thing not an employee like she's definitely like whips me into shape in terms of like even how to handle like dynamics of my employees at one point and like am i like putting my time in the right places so for example i had a session with her i'm like i know one of my last sessions was like i was mentally all over the place and now i'm like i just don't know what to do like how do i launch a beauty line i have no freaking clue and she helps like through questions and conversations she realized like the two things that are holding me up is i need to find a new like a copywriter to help build the brand yeah and then number two i really need to get clarity from a contract manufacturer on the timeline of this whole process because i can't like set up my shoot for my photos or i can't like hire a pr firm until i have these answers and so like she, at the end of that session I had a to-do list of like the goals and things that I was going to do by the end of this month before I go away on a trip um my top three priorities that I need to focus on in the next month and then also like my goals and what I'm going to get done for March okay uh we are excited for the additional show on Friday with Abby we had a, had a chat with her about storyboarding and Abby's like somebody who's connected to celebrities so I think she was kind of like okay Jess like I can't you know let's not get into too much just I feel like maybe she's being like hey I can't go to the level of celebrities that you go to with the uh the commentary and I was like hey don't worry don't worry <laughs> and so to remind me she used to be an editor at paper, paper magazine, magazine. Right? 
she knows, you know, she's done the big interviews. She's produced big shoots. She ran a shoot with Rihanna. Um, she just is like, she's a cool business girl. So it'll be interesting to hear sort of some of her takes on things. So it'll be definitely be a different perspective from you and I. Like, you know, I'm very like page six and like top line news. And I like the sizzly stuff. Britt, you're, you love like the Mark Zuckerberg entrepreneur. You like sort of like that angle. And I feel like Abby's more like our New York Times girl. So. Ooh, I love that yeah. dynamic. So it'll be interesting to hear. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, let's get into the show. Our first story, we've got a market minute. Um, This is hot off the press from Bullish Studios. We just had Wall Street Confessions on, who a little insidery. I think Not Your Father's Broker caught wind of our interview with her. And him and I were DMing, not to brag to everybody, but (laughs) sounds like we're going to get him coming on the show. And this guy, he sent me like a voicemail, hot voice, matches the bod. Everyone get excited. I really (laughs) want to see if we can get him to unveil some more about himself. But Bullish Studios does a great job of uh, doing quick bits, so make sure to check them out on Instagram. Anyway, cannabis stocks are soaring this week. Like, you, even if you're not in finance, it's like the headline everywhere. Like, they are popping off. And it's for a couple reasons. The federal legalization sounds like it could be almost like less than a year away. But really the big news, Tilray, who's the leader in the space, secured a huge deal with the UK to import export cannabis. Let's call it what it is, guys. This is like international drug dealing at a legal level now. So this is like really exciting. <laughs> so that's pretty interesting because if you think about it, you can go to Colorado, buy a J, yeah. smoke it on the street very <laughs> casually, put it in your pocket for later, but then you wear those same pants to the airport and then you land in New York City and you could go to prison. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, literally. It sounds it. <laughs> like it's funny, but like that's like literally how it is. Like <laughs> when we had, we met at Acme on the show when she was like, had those moments. Like I've definitely had like a J on a vacation, not like carrying it in the airport, but you're like, if that dog walks by you too close. You're like, whoa. Like, anyway. I remember like I don't smoke but I remember going to California they had all those mad men yes. mad stores men. where you can buy <laughs> you can buy anything yes and then I was like oh this is so like weird that you could just go into a store just like you go in to buy candy but it's but at the same time like in New York City you would never, never. see that so like, <laughs> I think it will be interesting to see how they make it a little bit more consistent across yeah. all the states but as a Canadian what excited me about all this news is that Canada is really securing itself as like an industry leader in the space so think of Canada like the Pfizer vaccine they are the first of the party they've like built up infrastructure they have professionals working in the space they've secured patents now with other countries like their business is an operating machine and you guys even though i'm living here i know um might be shutting down our pipeline you know that was a huge thing for canada but you still want our water and now maybe people are going to be coming for our cannabis business professionals infrastructure etc <laughs> just with the canadian blog yeah. you're so funny plus if they legalize cannabis federally in the u.s like i feel like the big players like tilroy canopy aurora these guys are going to finally be able to list on the exchanges yeah, down here exchanges. which is a huge yes. thing because right now you can only buy in on the TSA so Tilray alone closed up 40% Monday it closed up 25% on Tuesday like they are rocking and rolling there are something I put on my morning note I think they're at 521% on the year like absolutely crushing it and I think it's because their CEO is a just a smart dude San Fran good-looking guy mid-40s billionaire I think he runs Tilray partially out of Seattle where he lives like it sounds like they've got a great like Elon Musk type leader interesting one of my friends started a CBD company which I think it falls under this umbrella but it is interesting to see like 
it took her there was a lot of hurdles on with her and a few other friends that also had like pot companies Mm -hmm. that i know from school they're (laughs) crushing it but they're saying like the amount of that they have to spend for a lawyer to do all their paperwork for their business or even just like to be able to sell online there's just such a struggle and it takes so much money to even start a cannabis company a cbd company um so i think that it would make sense for them to I mean, who knows what will happen, but I do think that there's a lot of interest in this space, and it's pretty interesting that it could be federal. Shout out upstate New York for the cannabis entrepreneurs loving it. Maybe it's because you guys are so close to Canada. No, no, it's not. Um, two of them live in San Fran. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was from school. It was um, two friends from Babson, and then one friend, she um, is actually catering to um, moms with her CBD line. That brings me to my next point. Exactly. So the cake in the story and I've said this from the beginning this industry is just in need of a major rebrand and I think that would take it a long way so even like the journalist puns like up in smoke cannabis or like everyone's getting high it's like guys treat this like a real fucking industry because that's what it is honestly I do think if you think about it there's a lot of niche brands right in the cannabis industry and so before if you thought about like smoking cigarettes yes they had Marlboro they had like these big companies spending millions and millions and millions of dollars on marketing but I think there are people who are really pushing and moving the needle in terms of branding but it just happens to be a lot of smaller brands doing the work and to add to your point I've heard the same thing like the biggest subsidiary within this industry is the soccer mom and like everybody's going after that so like why not like you know, grab a promotional shot of a mom walking her kid to soccer practice, smoking a J, looking sexy, looking good, you know, feeling herself. <laughs> yeah, Why not? I mean, I do, like, even my roommate's um, boyfriend, he has a company called Oklahoma um, Smokes, which is essentially they replace cigarettes with nicotine free, tobacco free alternative and oh, they wow. put weed in instead. Um, and they have a cool brand. So I think it's like there's this huge market people know about. And you're right. Like the branding before was more of like you get high, you get lazy, you don't mm-hmm. do anything. But now people are using it in different ways and marketing it in different mediums where now like it is becoming very cool, very sexy. Um, I think that this will take over from the whole jewel movement yes. that was happening with all the college kids. So I think college kids and then also the moms will be big demographics for these brands. All right. So for our next story, um, do you know if it's pronounced Dodge coin or doggy coin? Oh, I my cannot gosh. Find the answer. So funny. I have this one solid buddy leans in New York on Instagram and I always slide into his DMs on like hedge funds or on, uh, you know, trading stories. I'm like and I wrote him today. I'm like, what's the hedge funds opinion? on Dogecoin, I've been calling it. Are they accepting it or ignoring it? He's like, they don't even know how to pronounce it. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's great. Well, so funny enough, so everyone's talking about crypto and Bitcoin, and now the trendy thing is this doggy coin uh, or I'll say doggy coin um have you seen how trendy it's been amongst the celebs Jess yes like even Snoop Dogg right who was Bieber in there too I thought Bieber like did a shout out it's so crazy yeah so essentially doggy coin is another cryptocurrency like bitcoin but it originally started as a joke in 2013 the currency was literally created from a dog meme of a Shiba Inu dog which is crazy (laughs) because now billionaires like Elon Musk Mark Cuban celebrities like Snoop Dogg are all getting behind it and like even though Snoop Dogg's a celeb he's been in on a lot of great investments he's very great early taste. on he's a great yes, taste he's, yeah. he really does and you know Elon and Mark are billionaires for a reason so 
I was very interested on like, what is this? And like, why do people care about it all of a sudden? But so according to MSNBC, Dogecoin soared over 800% after a Reddit board, not Wall Street Bets, but it's called Satoshi Street Bets, <laughs> talked about making it the cryptocurrency equivalent of GameStop. Okay, can I just, can somebody finally acknowledge <laughs> that like, this is literally the 80s right now? This is like the days of the Boiler Room movie where like people were making up fake companies and investing in them. Like this isn't a real thing. Like how is this a real thing? I, I need an explanation. So that's the thing is like, you know, like Bitcoin, people were like, that's not a real thing. But now it's very much like now you can buy Tesla with Bitcoin. So who knows? Right, but where's like, the even- Dogecoin headquarters? Like where's the company HQ? Where's the- but you don't even, there's not even a customer service rep to help you with Coinbase or with uh, Bitcoin. So I get it. Like I do think it's kind of crazy that one thread on a online site can like totally change the future of a company. It's like GameStop was bankrupt before Reddit and now they're like worth 20 million 20 billion dollars. They were like bankrupt it's one insane. day and then they're worth 20 billion. Like it's insane. Power of the people, I guess. Yeah. So interesting enough, Elon Musk tweeted who's like very onto his tweets, I will say. Um he tweeted an image He's with a market the word mover. Dog, which was a play on Vogue, and it had a picture of a dog on it. So it made people <laughs> think that it was his way of endorsing the currency. So I think that also contributed to that skyrocketing growth. And then Mark Cuban recently spoke about it um and tweeted about his interview with Forbes when they asked him about doggy coin and he said, you know it's worth less than a dime he did preface that like listen this is not really worth anything we don't really know what it is but you can buy one dollar worth of it you can buy ten dollars of it and just have fun watching it it's really the best form of entertainment and i honestly love how people are so excited about the stock market and stocks and crypto as much as they get excited over video games and movies well let's keep the money stories going here we've got a very uh finance day today which i like just finance is like the new sexy thing there's no celebrity gossip and and with everything trending on social media but also the news like people can't stop talking about gamestop and wall street bets and whatnot and so i think that it's almost like this war against these retail investors or like just normal people who are using their savings um, to bet on GameStop versus hedge funds and these institutional investors. But it really raises a lot of questions because I even don't really know what a hedge fund is. Well, a hedge fund is basically like the sexiest and most sought after job in finance in the simplest terms. Like it's like the king of the pyramid kind of thing. But in real terms, it's just like a money fund or for a fancy term, quotes, pooled investment. And the people who manage that money use high risk strategies like short selling and and that's in hopes of realizing huge gains. So just look at it like big risk equals big gains, you know. So if we had call it a cake for breakfast hedge fund, we would charge our investors 2% to manage their money with a 20% what what insiders call a hurdle rate. And we likely wouldn't accept any investment for under a million dollars. So, which honestly at that point, like if you're like, Jess, I have a million dollars. Like, can I put in your hedge fund? I'd probably be like, oh no. You're like, no, thank you. Then you'd be like, Jess, I have $10 million. And I'd be like, okay, maybe you're acceptable at that point. But in reality, like a lot of these (laughs) hedge funds are two family offices essentially coming together. You know, everything varies. People will come at me for that. But it could be two people giving $100 million to a group to run their money. And that's the difference between like a financial advisor will work with people of all different net worths and then they make a small percentage of whatever money that they make for you whereas this is almost like 
big, big time. So big, instead of giving the them a hundred thousand, you're giving them a hundred million. Yeah, it's like pension money. So like everybody um, here, I can't remember what your pension's called, but it's like four hundred one k money. Essentially, yep. it would be yep. you know ours is like CPP. It's the big one in Canada. I worked at a firm that built short trades for hedge funds. So our edge was being experts in accounting. We would like analyze companies who had accounting red flags, basically like Enron and. Here's what gets me is there's a lot of hate on the short selling market, but short sellers are a part of a healthy marketplace because short selling can catch companies who are cheating or giving investors a run around on their numbers. Like short sellers come in and be like, uh, nope, th- that does not line up, right? And they kind of go after them. So, so what do you mean by that? So like, for example, like not to go back to GameStop, but like what happened was that people, like a lot of hedge funds betted shorted assuming that that would that company would go out of business and so say they shorted at like six dollars yeah if it drops to three dollars then they get to make that delta but what happened was the stock really increased and then now like all the big hedge funds their net worth went down by like 50 percent so how does that really work in terms of like catching numbers and stuff And let's clarify that not all people, this is one funny email I saw going around from an institutional guy and not people like identified the that day as all hedge funds. It was like four hedge funds had really big investments on the short. They really went in heavy on the short trade. And how that differs is like that was a good trade. AMC has been closed since March. We haven't been able to go to a movie in a year. Like that's not a right. business that's operating. So they're betting against that business working. That's like the point of a short. There's different different ways of looking at it. But one of the best ways to look at short selling in like a positive light is that they can catch companies cheating on their numbers. So do you see what I'm saying? It's like, like yeah. how that like they look at the numbers like, oh, this doesn't really make sense. They're saying that they've made a million dollars. There's here. like fancy terms like purchase accounting, like companies, you know, think about businesses that like buy up, keep buying and buying and buying and buying fran- like big franchise businesses like Krispy Kremes that just like broke, right? right? It's like you, you catch things. You're like, wait, they're like way over operating their numbers, stuff like that. Now people are saying that the market needs to be regulated. Some don't believe shorting should be legal like what are your thoughts on that well no i stand behind shorting i fully believe that short selling is a part of a healthy marketplace like i I think that should not be tampered with i do think that there should be a layer of restriction which i think robin hood has i don't think you can just like sign up and short because it can go you can really get mess screwed on it so like if i was investing in robin hood and i had never worked in finance i probably wouldn't be short selling like bet something's gonna go up and to clarify short selling is amc is trading at six dollars right at this is we're calling it back in march the funds are saying i think that amc is going to go down and they were very right for a very long time when it went down you know almost went to zero i think it traded around 150 two dollars wow but then when it went down you make your money if it goes up to like infinity you have to anyways we won't get too complicated but that's sort of like the gist of it but anyway i did think this one thing was funny that someone said not funny but interesting they sent me the list of the bosses the hedge fund bosses that made all the big money and this one fund i used to cover called tiger global who was at people in finance know who they are very big sexy established company but this chase coleman guy when i started was the up-and-comer like he was he's like a new york city kid fancy and you know i don't think he was like the son of an elon musk but you get the picture he was just a hardworking guy, very good looking, very polished. He made $3 billion in 2020 just on smart trading. He's sort of like That's the Tiger Woods crazy. of finance. Wow, and he's only 45 years old. He's cute. Did you see the picture? Well, he used to be cute. He's yeah. probably put on weight and stress since then, but. <laughs> Britt, do you remember decorating your first apartment? Yep. 
And I had this interior designer, and her name was Ikea. <laughs> Seriously. And don't forget the Bed Bath & Beyond Audrey Hepburn posters that we all had, or maybe still have. Hanging in a room, spoiler alert, mine might have just come down recently and I might have tried to pass it off as like a real print of something for a bit longer than that that works. <laughs> if anyone's listening knows exactly what we're talking about, well, then we have a treat in store for you. Our new sponsor, Nestia, offers affordable interior design solutions to transform your entire apartment space. And I know what you're thinking. An interior designer, I can't afford that. Well, actually, you can. Here's the scoop. Nastia's founder, Maggie Antelak, created an online service that makes interior design affordable and accessible for millennials and Gen Zers. And it's as easy as this. Search nestiahome.com in your internet browser and sign up for a free design consultation with Maggie herself. Free is my favorite word and also why I'm obsessed with this new service. Literally free just no email sign up, no text message marketing schemes, no strings attached. I don't know how she does it, but it is just free. Also, I love Maggie's style aesthetic, like her Instagram series, This or That, which I t- I tagged you in the other week because I was like obsessed with one of the, she does like, do you like this style of couch in a room that's bright and colorful? Or do you like this more like moderate tones? And like somebody like me who's never really thought about interior design starts like really thinking about like, oh, wow, actually that's more my style, you know? Britt, guess what my favorite aesthetic is though overall? Um, Definitely like something Kardashian themed. First of all, I only go with Kim Kardashian and none of the other ones but anyways oh, close. Okay. <laughs> my aesthetic I've discovered through her site is the modern farmhouse look and honestly it's because I just want to feel like one of the Beverly Hills housewives <laughs> you're hilarious Jess well I'm glad Maggie's helping you flex her inner Beverly Hills housewife vibe so here's how to think about the service guys if you've ever explored shopping for furniture online like Wayfair or whatever you put an armchair 1100 different colors pop up and then there's like sizes and textures and honestly if you've never taken a design course but you're still a stylish person like the service for you because it's more overwhelming searching for furniture online and styles and design and all that than getting ready for a first date that you're really excited about also if you choose the wrong thing like oh wow i went with the wrong aesthetic and the size of this armchair is enormous and you live in new york city you have to drag that chair up and down three flights of stairs and let me tell you that's just a special kind of nyc hell that's hard to explain unless you know you know so instead of trying to do the deep dive yourself maggie does it for you you don't have to spend hours and hours searching online for websites or wondering what designers have good stuff or who's just shelling out junk maggie knows and does all the curating for you this is why nessia's services are so amazing Maggie does all the heavy lifting and then sends you the best options for your budget with a few simple links. Nestia makes designing your apartment as easy as going to nestiahome.com. That's N-E-S-T-I-A-H-O-M-E.com. You'll never shop again once Maggie shops for you. So perhaps this is the first sign that celeb power isn't long lasting. Stop it. What? Yes. Well, so it's interesting. I went to bed last night. I was doing my skincare routine. And I was just thinking, like, will JLo's brand be in Sephora still 10 years from now? Or, like, even I remember, you know how we talked about Pharrell uh, launching a skincare line uh, a few months ago? Oh, yes. Yeah. And, like, everyone was talking about it. People loved the products, too. But Mm -hmm. now, like, I haven't heard one thing about them. So it just made me curious, like, how long does, like, the celeb power really last? They show up for the picture, right? Like, they show up for the pictures and then they're... Even if they get involved, it's like, will people just buy because of the name? And at what point do people then start just buying for the quality of the product? 
And so I wake up and then read about how LVMH and Rihanna have put a pause on her fashion line. So mm-hmm. it made me really question, like, how, how long is this timeline for them? You know what's funny you bring up J-Lo is, because um, I've been, I think I texted you. I'm like, Britt, if I see J-Lo's, like, window high picture blocking out <laughs> Sephora, every, J-Lo owns every corner in New York City right now for anybody who might not be paying attention to this. And it's like, how unfair. She's so already at the top and then she gets all that cake and icing on top of it like all that free marketing and branding and PR Ugh, it just annoys me I don't think it's not fair like she's just crushing it and oh, she's I leveraging like so I think that they have opportunities but to my point sorry um Rihanna I, I think Rihanna actually digs in oh yeah and that's yeah. what she's known to and she got her I'd say that her real mark was with Fenty Beauty where she launched I think it was like over a hundred shades and really focused on creating shades for darker skin tones mm-hmm. and that was something that none of the L'Oreal's or Estee Lauder's really focused on beforehand so she definitely is and even with her fashion line and she just has a cool vibe to her and I think she's very very smart but so LVMH took a stake in her fashion line her beauty line essentially her entire empire so this is pretty surprising but they decided that they're not going to continue with her fashion line which was like a ready to wear line until better conditions that's a bit of a slap that's a slap in her face that's how i read that well so that's what i thought i was like oh like it must not be doing well Mm -hmm. like but at the same time they're also they said they're focusing on her beauty line which is fenty beauty fenty skin which has been doing very well. Wait, and they but her also, lingerie line is still in play? Yeah, so that's it. what I was going to say. They are getting involved in her successful lingerie venture, which is the Fenty Time Savage. Hmm. Like, in my roommate, she just bought, like, 10 pairs of <laughs> their underwear this week. And so I think that they are tapping into this market pretty Whoa, well. that girl's boyfriend's going to have a fun Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, right? They have, like, little hearts on them. Like, they're cute. Um, so maybe, like, it's not doing well. But, and I think that just shows that even if you're a celebrity or maybe if you have a lot of money, doesn't mean that a type of company isn't pandemic proof. So I don't know exactly what kind of clothing that they were um, focusing on, but if it wasn't loungewear, it was probably not the best time to be launching. I feel like I saw this and it was like ready to wear, which feels premature. Um, But you're a product person. I'd be interested in your take on this. Do you, like, I think Rihanna does such a good job at her music. She does such a good job at her makeup. And her lingerie line is starting to position itself to become the next Victoria's Secret Victoria's fashion Secret, show. Yes, They're yes. sort of like, you know, they have that big, sexy, glamorous fashion show with the best celebrities. Like, I really feel like she's taking on that role. So perhaps she just is, like, trying to run in too many lanes, which is exactly what I feel like JLo is doing with her beauty line or skincare, whatever she's doing. Like, maybe maybe Rihanna was the smart one. Is just like, you know what? I want to crush it at these things rather than spread myself thin across everything. What do you think? And maybe that was more like, I honestly think at first I was like, ooh, like, I don't know like how well she's doing. And you said that like one of your friends was thinking that maybe like the sales were down and maybe it was too, but it's like she can't control a pandemic. And I do think there's something to be said on like being focused in what's working and like it's fine to put things on pause. It's fine to like cut out things. But I think it's really about the amount of number twos that she surrounds herself with. So like if she has someone who's amazing and running her beauty company, running her skin kind and running her lingerie line, then she's able to focus 
focus on newer ventures or go back to her music. But until everything's like really secured and that her vision aligns with each of her entities, mm-hmm. I think it's really hard for her to be able to be in so many different categories. But I think she's doing it really well. Do you think she pulled herself out? Was she like, I'm in enough things? Mm-hmm. Or do you think they, or do you think the LVMH shut her down? I think it was a mutual decision. If they're like, hey, let's look at the numbers. Like your beauty line's making you X millions of yeah. dollars. Your laundry has the potential of giving you an additional X hundred millions of dollars. Your fashion line isn't doing so hot and actually is taking up X amount of costs. Yeah. So I think it's more like, oh, wow, I could be making so much more money selling underwear. Let's do that. Perfect. Well, to close out the show here, let's talk about another one of our favorite female pop star celebrities. All right. So Jess, I finally watched Framing Brit, that documentary. And I, I mean, I texted you as soon yeah. as it finished. <laughs> I have so many thoughts because we were reading through the cases and the updates on her just through Since news July, yeah. But to watch footage of her and her family members and just put faces to names, it gave it a whole different dimension. Okay, before you get into everything i want your immediate take what do you think the underlying message is with the britney story like what is the answer here just tell me your first personally i think that she might have mental illnesses for sure but she's incredibly talented i think her dad is gross and is Mm -hmm. trying to keep her locked up into her mini mansion i hate his truck did you see like his like white escalade that he always (laughs) is driving in the show just so slimy like you know he was he was an alcoholic maybe he was abusive growing up but he wasn't really in the picture and like here like he now gets to turn around and determine how she lives her life like how i see it is that yes she probably has some kind of mental illnesses mm-hmm. the end of the day she was able to perform multiple times a week on a on a huge stage bringing right. in a, like over a million dollars a yeah. week on her performance and she's singing she's dancing she had to be physically fit and mentally fit to be able to do that for the amount of time she, that she did and she and I don't think she's dumb. Like, she wouldn't have Agreed. built the career that she did if she wasn't smart. And how I see is there's many crazy people out there, and they get to make their own decisions. Why can't this woman who's figured out how to perform and build an empire not be able to run and figure out her own expenses? And, and then the day, if she loses her money, it's her money. Wait, it's that's not such like a it, good point, She actually. owes it to anyone else. Yeah. And what really got me was someone made a comment on the documentary where they're like, you know, like, Britney's basically paying for both sides like she's paying her own legal fees and then she's paying her father through the conservatorship and then also paying for her father's legal fees so it just seems like such a lose-lose situation and mental health wasn't a thing when she was growing up and i do think the paparazzi really beat her to the curb and want shredded her apart to the point where I think anyone would be mental if they went through what she did. The purpose of a conservatorship is that it's to help like the health and the well-being of a person. It's not about to figure out like the mm-hmm. finances. It's like, yes, you have to run an estate, but it's not about like, how do we make more money off of this person? If they're so sick, they probably shouldn't be able to perform or do anything. So I think us thinking about like, well, it's anything. an industry she supports. Conservatorship is not about building an industry or supporting an industry in the first place. So like that's where it gets <laughs> fundamentally very wrong. Murky, but I- 
yeah, I actually agree with you on that. I, one thing I also was thinking about this week, because she posted another one of her super weird videos that all the conspiracy theorists are like, oh my God, she's speaking to us again. But like, do you find that her makeup is like $6 from a drugstore? Her, she's always in like Abercrombie, like those shorts I wore in high school. And then she has like a $12 like bikini on from Old Navy and the other, like it's just, she obviously isn't spending her money. She's not like out with like a big Chanel look in her picture. But she's also not being like probably assimilated into society all that often either. It seems like she spends so much time. I'm agreeing with you that she she should have, she clearly does not have yes. access to her money. Other, you know, who knows, maybe she's not into clothes or whatever, but it's like her mansion, she's got... You know those places that you just picture like a movie star? She has like a $7.4 million place in the valley in LA. It just reminds me of one of those homes that's like set up for a business. So it's like her makeup chair is there. She probably has a studio there. Like everybody operates. There's probably like three offices yeah. in the house. You know what I mean? Like one of those style places. So. I guess her handlers are with her 24-7. It's just a really sad way to live. And just yes. watching her cry during the only glimpse that they had when they asked her about her conservatorship, she was like, it sucks. Like, she's so upset about it. And to watch, you could just tell, like, this is not, this is not normal. And I think that now that people are having more honest conversations of me- mental health and well-being, that hopefully this does change yeah. the conservatorship system in general. Because I think, although she does probably have some issues, I do think that there's some really messed up things that went on. Okay, and the heat is building on Justin Timberlake. It was sort of like quiet, quiet. Then this week when I was like sourcing stories, like I was like, man, it's just like story after story after story. Like, it's true. He he was young too. Like he was probably what, 22 at the time. But like to out somebody's virginity on a radio show, like he is getting slammed for that right now. And then people are addressing too, like post-Super Bowl, Janet Jackson canceled, right? For like showing her boob. It's like who effing ripped her like boob tape off? It was, it was him. him. <laughs> and then Rosie O'Donnell was saying something about her dress when she was 18 years old. And so one like politician was saying that they would shoot her, Britney Spears, if they could. I was like, the, and they would interview insane. her and be like, hey, Britney, thanks for coming. Yeah. What do you think about this person saying that you're a bad mom? <laughs> or what do you think about this person saying? Well, no, call her out. That was Diane Sawyer, who women are like, oh, my God, she's amazing. She's so smart. It's like she is a jerk. She was not nice. People were not nicer. And I think that the world... Like, she was so nice to the world. And you could see how she was really nice to even the paparazzis growing up. And then, like, they just tore her down where she's like, I I need to get away. Like, I'm over this. Oh, my gosh. I feel like there's going to be bad karma (laughs) coming at me for calling Diane Sawyer a jerk. But that's the opinion. I'm sorry. That's the headline going out there right now. Like, she's an incredibly established, brilliant woman. But in that interview on the show, I just felt like that was one of the most true moments we saw Britney's, like, reality. Like, she just was like, oh my gosh, why would somebody say that about me? And Diane Sawyer was like, what do you think? This governor's wife said she wants to shoot you. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, that's, you're just bullying, like, a 22-year-old kid. we're here. We're Team Britney. We're all about Free Britney. We are part of the Free Britney movement. And so we'll keep you posted. Hopefully, they do think that she has made some commentary this week on um, recognizing, like, in her post about recognizing the whole documentary, yeah. but who knows? And I'm sure there'll be more that she will be saying, and hopefully that eventually her dad will get released from the conservatorship. All right, our play of the day is Promising Young Woman. So you can find this on Amazon. It's one of those early theatrical release type movies that you know, in a normal world, we'd be going to AMC to watch it, but we're not. So I haven't seen this yet, but I just wanted to put it on people's radar because there's a lot of heat building around this show. I think it's been nominated for a couple 
Golden Globes, and people seem very excited about it. It's also a huge comeback moment for Carrie Mulligan. Remember her? She sort of like faded into the shadows after she had the disastrous performance on the Gatsby remake when she played opposite Leonardo DiCaprio, which in her defense, I didn't hate her in, but like she really did not work for a long time after that. Apparently it was just like a disaster and people weren't happy with her performance. So I also haven't watched it, but this one looks really interesting. And the premise of the show for those who are looking for something to watch this week is that everyone thought the character Cassie was this promising young woman until this mysterious event abruptly derailed her future but now that she has a chance to right the wrongs of the past lots of shit goes down (laughs) we'll see what's happening all right we hope everyone has a great valentine's day weekend Britt and i are excited to come back on tuesday and be with you then we want to give a shout out to our sponsor maggie who i'm just obsessed with she's coming on the show next week can't wait to talk to her and make sure to drop an ad at nestia home on instagram n-e-s-t-i-a home and if you're not following her already You're missing out because her this or that series like I've been like talking about is so much fun and I love what she's doing. I'm going to have her come. So I never thought of this idea for a headboard. I thought it was so cool. If you like paint a headboard in the back of your like New York City apartment, it looks stunning. I love the photos of the of her latest work. Did you see that? Yes. And she actually did it for my photographer friend who I met through her. Um, And just so cool. It's a great she was very smart and creative on like how to make small spaces look really cute cute so instead of like buying a headboard and making it all bulky yeah. like she's able to like paint on her the walls and make something more magical than if you were to mm-hmm. buy anything online yeah and she is an interior designer but she's like like Britt said you hire her for small spaces we live in new york it's a small you know no one's balling out too hard like i'm a little bit more like a classic type of yeah. decor and she's like when you click on this or that you can easily tell that she has a certain aesthetic and people who follow her absolutely love it and she makes you want to add color mm-hmm. into your home into your life and i'm really excited to mm-hmm. talk to her and the last thing i will say for the interview is that you hear a lot of entrepreneurs, like some raise lots of money for their businesses, hire a big team, and that's how they operate. For Maggie, she's had a few businesses and she's always bootstrapped it with like her own money and like done it from ground zero and built it that way. And I think that's even more scary, in my opinion. And she's been successful. successful. So I really want to dive into like bootstrapping Mm -hmm. with her and like how she like mentally prepares herself um, for the entrepreneurial journey again and again because it is a hard process and she does it so well and she's single or no i actually don't know that she's seeing someone that i haven't i was trying to meet him oh, seeing um, someone. Okay. i was gonna like run into them <laughs> two weeks ago but it didn't work out so i'm hoping to meet him soon <laughs> well maggie's a tall leggy blonde super pretty so any of the hedge fund bros listening you know she's only seeing someone so we'll see what happens <laughs> yes all right thank you to everybody see you guys tuesday bye, bye.